Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. Fortunately, we've got a uh, great book to talk about. That is the name of the book, <laughs> fortunately. Um, it's one of those things, I, I feel like you read this book, and because it has fortunately on almost every other page, after I've read it, I've, I'm just saying fortunately all the time. It's just mm. drizzling in my conversation. But I, I really like this book because it's sort of easy and accessible, but I feel like it lends itself to repetition. Is that was that was that your experience too, or totally really fun too? Um, I think one of the things I it's easy to fall into a, a rhythm with it because so the, the general premise is um, pretty easy story. The main character has to get to a party in Florida, but he lives in New York, and so he sets out, but he encounters a series of misadventures, and then kind of in a yo-yo fashion bounces back from those misadventures. So he has to get down to Florida. So he borrows, fortunately he, his friend has an airplane that he can borrow, but unfortunately the motor explodes, but fortunately he has a parachute, but unfortunately the parachute has a hole in it. So (laughs) the, the fortunately uh, pages are in color and the unfortunately uh, pages are in black and white. And I feel like it's really easy to get into that rhythm of tick tocking back and forth. Like, you know, you kind of know that your voice can rise with the fortunately and sync with the unfortunately. And so it's a really easy book to to perform for kids. And so that, I feel like that, that gets it bonus points in my book just from the outset. Yeah. It's, it's really fun right off the bat. My daughters and I had fun, like we all had fun reading this one and they, they still, they, they get kind of, uh, they get it. Like it's that unique kind of excitement that kids get when, when a book has like, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it's got like a shtick, you know, that they kind of like can anticipate and they get sort of like all giggly yeah, and excited about. When it sort of telegraphs its intentions, like yeah. you don't have to, it's, it's not, and it's a pretty simple gimmick. Like, you know, right away, this is going to be bad. This is going to be good. Jack really likes that sort of binary, uh, setup. And I, like I said, I like it cause any book that, uh, sort of lends itself to being easily performed by adults gets points in my book. If you can enjoy performing a book <laughs> that, that, that your kids will hear over again, but that's major, major marks when you take the parent into consideration, I feel. And that, you know, that was my first reaction to this book is that it, it's great because it's got kind of a Pixar quality to it. Like I think one of the yeah. things that, that sets Pixar movies apart is that they, they work really well as kids movies, like kids love them. Um, but they, adults really relish them too, because they're often very, clever and there's lots of like inside jokes and they they appeal strongly both to adults and kids um and i feel like this book does it too it's the the theatricality of it and the simplicity of the repetition really lends itself to kids enjoying it but it's it's very clever in a lot of ways for adults um and so that's i don't know it's kind of fun like you as a as a parent or reader like you have your own kind of private enjoyment of it because it's right. say it's clever and the kids are enjoying it for their reasons and then you're also just kind of enjoying it together um which is awesome is that so is it just the cleverness like i mean 
is you know Pixar movies a lot of times they'll like we watch cars over and over again and so they have little references to other movies in the Pixar universe so in the cars they'll have like the I don't know, like the, the light year blimp or something like that. I mean, is it just Yeah, so when, when I say it's clever, first... I think it's it's like clever in a few ways. It's just the structure I think is relatively unique. Like I've I've never exactly come across a book like this. Um the kind of like alternating um yo-yoing. Um but then also it it's clever too and so, like there's little there's little things that are clever. So for instance, the when he leaves New York City it's all it's gray it's one of the black and white pages and the the little clock tower is the the it's got two little eyes on the top and the hands are arranged like a frowny face you know so there's little details like that it's it's clever i think i read that the the author of the book was actually like a in theater like either put yeah on, put on plays or it, yeah it, well so you know, you know how he made his uh what he's really famous for is this airmail dances have you heard about did you hear about no. this so he would in the 1960s he would uh send a set of drawings to a dance company and the dancers would order the positions and create the context so without his further participation so oh. he would he would essentially just like send them little dance sketches in the mail huh. from afar which is like a very like whimsical and just like here's some ideas for some poses and you guys kind of do whatever you want with them but yeah he his like his background is sort of choreography and like setting the scenes and sort of like stepping back. So yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff in uh, like visually. It's interesting that they he does a lot of kind of cinematic stuff where there'll be one page where it's like sharks everywhere and the the characters getting eaten, and then the next page is it zooms way out and you see this kind of um, this like horde of sharks chasing the very very tiny little guy who's swimming right. at the top and there's tons of white space and or like there's he'll alternate a lot between in, in one section where they the guy's trying to run away from the tigers um it's it'll be really tight it's like blue sky and he or, or open blue sky he's running away from tigers and then all of a sudden he's in a cave and it's super yep. so it's kind of this chiascuro like um light dark so there's lots of like kind of intellectually interesting kind of clever adulty things that make it interesting for an right. adult. Right. So it, yeah. So it's not just like he's he's like mixing in references to Descartes or something in there. It's like <laughs> something for the something for the adult philosopher who's reading this. You know. Yeah. And and I, I appreciate that even in the the simplest um, uh, one of the simplest panels where he's falling out of the plane. Uh, unfortunately, there's a, a hay bale on, on the ground. It's it's the only maybe illustration that I've ever seen in children's book that I think I could do because it's it's mostly blue sky <laughs> and a stick figure and then a tiny. Uh, half oval of, of the hay bale with a pitchfork sticking out. I think that's the only one of the only right. panels that telegraphs <laughs> what's going to happen. So as an adult, I'm reading this, and you, you know, you know immediately how the book works. Like, there's going to be something unfortunate. I bet it's going to be that pitchfork in the hay bale. That's going to be the unfortunate thing. <laughs> right. So yeah, there's, you know, it, it's it, it's pretty easy to do, and but there's enough sort of side details that without missing a beat, reading it or performing it, you can just sort of squirrel those details away in your brain and kind of you know not check out because it, it's I don't know you, you can really read this book with a lot of relish right but you I don't know there's there, there's grist for for the old brain mill right. <laughs> and, no and you know. I think the the simplicity it's actually good that you can get pretty quickly to that state of like it's automated like the reading it is like you almost memorize it because then right. it allows you to enjoy it on other level you can really like I I like books like this that are I can almost memorize because for instance it allows me to watch my kids looking at the book which I think like is always really interesting um 
but you can't do that if it's a really text heavy book, right? Right. Um, do you pretty much all, so do you pretty much always agree with the fortunately and unfortunately does that what, cause we were talking about cleverness and one way obviously to, to be a little subversive is for, to play around with, you know, if something is fortunate or unfortunate, he's, he pretty much seems to stick to the script. Like, yeah, the, the unfortunate things are sharks and tigers and a pitchfork being on the hay bale <laughs> that you're falling towards. Um, maybe the, the, there's one, unfortunately where he digs himself into a fancy ballroom, but fortunately it's the, it's, it's, it's a, it's a party for him. For him. <laughs> yeah. I guess that, that's the, that's the main twist, right? Is that he like at the, at the very, like, the, and that's the only time it, is that the only time it doubles up? Yeah. Where it says, fortunately, there was a surprise party going on. And fortunately, the party was for him because fortunately, it was his birthday. So it, it you really just, you end on a real, right. real a lot of zingers at the <laughs> end. <laughs> fortunately. Yeah. And it's, this is such a, it's such a dense book. Like so much like fun and action happens in such a brief, like, I don't, I don't know what it takes to read through this, like maybe two minutes, you know, right. like it's super fast. But it's really fun. Um, it, it's it's brief, but it's the action is fast. It's fun. It's there's twists there. So it's just a really like you know dense kind of nugget of bedtime story delight. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> I I just realized that's one of the things I think I like so much about it that it's also useful because sometimes with Richard Scarry books or other books where there's a lot going on on a, on a page. Jack really likes to pause, especially since he, a lot of times for him, books are something of a delay, delay tactic. So yeah. <laughs> he, he's the closer we get to the end, he's filled with trepidation. So he's really like, no, let's, let's really examine these cats. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this book, the, the momentum that it picks up, you don't pause because like, you just want to get to the next fortunately or unfortunately you want to know why, like what's, what's going to ruin this next scene or, you know, what's, or how is, how is, how's it going to get out of this one? Like yeah, <laughs> this exploding plane. So it's, you can, there's some books that you can't really pick up your reading voice speed where your kid really realizes that you're trying to, to cheat <laughs> to, to, <laughs> and then just like rush through it. But honestly, rushing through, fortunately, um, some can, can seem natural. Uh, yeah. It feels like that's how it's supposed to be done. Kind of. in, in a way that like, if you, like if you rush going on a bear hunt or, you know, s something else, it's like, why are you like, why are you going so fast? You're not, you're not, you don't, you don't usually, you know, you've got to really linger in the swishy swashy. You can't just barrel through, <laughs> but you can barrel through fortunately with, uh, with, with, with a sense of excitement instead of a, <laughs> instead of just a, a sense that you're cutting corners. Right. Which is maybe why the, the, um, illustrations, the style is appropriate. They're very, it's very simplistic. Um, it's kind of minimal and childlike the way it's, which I guess it didn't bother me initially, but I thought like, wow, we've come a long way with children's books illustrations right. over the last 40 years. <laughs> but I think maybe that's, maybe that's at least partly intentional because it's meant to be such a quick um, book. Like you don't want to linger too much on the, on any individual page. You want to move on and on and on. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, in that spirit, no, no need to linger on, fortunately. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. <laughs> hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Thousand and One Good Nights. If you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories, check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. 
That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.